It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Jeff Mosher here, Adam Kaplan alongside me. We're going to break down the 2019 Eagles draft. It's uh, finally over, as I say, (laughs) after every draft, Adam, because, you know, the whole draft season is like a it's like it's like a season upon to itself. It's just months and months, and I'm glad that it's over. The Eagles came away with five picks. They also traded for D linemen, so they came out of the three day event with six players. Some interesting selections. We're gonna break down all of them. I'm just gonna put a PSA out here. We're gonna hold off on un, unrestricted. I'm sorry, undrafted free agent signings, and talk a little bit about that more next week when we do a pod, and then we'll talk next week more also about positional depth, camp battles, things going into OTAs. Right now, for this podcast, we're going to focus solely on the five picks that they made, and then we can maybe a little bit about Hassan Ridgeway, who they traded for. But I want first, before we get into individuals, Adam, just your your big picture summary on their the Eagles draft and how you felt about it. Right, so going in, you know, obviously I didn't think they would only have five picks. That, that was slightly surprising to me. I thought it would be the opposite, but Agree. there were reasons to that we'll get to. I felt that they had to come out of this draft with a running back. We're talking about offense first and defense. A running back, a wide receiver, a lineman. I didn't know specifically it would be an OT, but they did. They took one as their first pick. I thought they would get a quarterback if they had eight or nine picks. I didn't think with five picks they would take a quarterback. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and I thought they'd get the developmental safety. They didn't. But again, they only had five picks. But. In terms of drafting for future need, which is the, what the draft is, that's the way the good teams draft. The bad teams draft for this year, which is the worst way you can draft. That's why these teams get, wind up get, being fired. If you draft the right way, which the Eagles did, you draft for future needs. Dillard, future need. Whiteside, future need. Thurs- Thurston, a developmental backup, future need. Miles Sanders, current and future need. More for the future, though. Mm-hmm. Sharif Miller, Future need. So that's the correct way to draft. Yeah, I agree with you. My overall take, Adam, is, and I'll, I'll substitute the, the term, instead of future need, I always just say 
highest rated player or best player or player you most well, value, co- which is the same, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same way. The Eagles, to me, by by in a historic draft for defensive players and defensive linemen, by coming out of it with an offensive tackle in the first round, a running back and a receiver in the second round, and then a D end, and then a quarterback, and also uh, what, a, and then trading for li- for the linemen. What they did to me, that is the sign of a team that in almost every round that they were in every round that they picked they just took the best player that they they valued the most right they didn't reach they needed they absolutely need 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 if you're going to call about need linebacker we've talked about it even though they don't value it they have honestly very very below average linebacking talent right now they didn't take a linebacker Right, we talked about a developmental safety. The lack of a third round pick hurt them there. I think they would have if they had a third round pick, but they didn't reach for one in that second round where you saw this uh, later in the second round. Those safeties go. They took the best players, and that's as you were saying how you build a team. Because in the end, what your point of the draft is is to get as many good players as possible. Don't worry about the positions. Just get great players. Great players lift franchises. They make you cover up your other deficiencies. You go by your board. Yeah, you go by your board. How you have it stacked. It, linebacker situation, you've got one startable linebacker to me. It's Nigel Bradham. Who did not have a good year No, last he year. was very inconsistent. Right. Okay, I like how you called him Nigel, by the way. That yeah. was very French yeah. kind of. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Nate Gary and Gruget Hill, we're real, when you look at it, it, it's not good enough, okay? Right. They've got plenty of cast space. I would, they're going to add a linebacker. Right. That was, yeah, we, we can talk about the other yeah, we'll, way of that. This will be for yeah. another show, but don't worry about that. We've got plenty of off-season shows. We go into the roster, right. roster depth, and all that kind of. That's one show for roster depth. That'll take up a whole show uh, about what they can do and, and, and mixing and matching. But I thought overall, based on value, they did well because I ran every player through personnel people I trust. Mm-hmm. Where was where did this where was this guy on your board in terms of dr- round? How does he fit in? And I've got personnel reviews on every player. So, Jeff, awesome. let's that, start. Let's take it away. Yeah, let's start with Andre Dillard. Obviously, the Eagles traded up from 25 to 22 to get him. I'm sure you and I have the same information that the Eagles felt, A, that he was one of their top-rated players, top 10 players, he and was. B, yeah. they didn't even think he was going to be there at 22. Yeah, Andre Dillard, depending on who you speak with, was either the first tackle or best tackle for the draft, or he was no worse than third. And I know people want this address, so I'm going to address it. What does this mean about Big V? And we'll get well, back to dealers. And my Lotta. Yeah, right, people, and, yeah, in general. I mean, yeah. So, I mean it was actually my Lotta is actually what I was speaking of. Uh-huh. We'll get to Big V in a second. I think what they were doing is it, it really didn't have anything to do with it, believe it or not. It's by how they, you mentioned they stacked their board. Right. They went by their board not about, okay, well, we think Jordan Mylotta might be the left tackle of the future. If that happens, well, obviously that would not be a good thing if they drafted Bill, Dillard. But if Dillard turns out to be who they think he is, backing up Peters this season, and Mylotta really does well, folks, Jordan Mylotta then has trade value, or maybe they move him to back up right tackle, mm-hmm. becomes a swing tackle, maybe they cross-train at guard. I wouldn't worry about that. It's more about, is he going to be the future left tackle? Is he going to replace Jason Peters in 2020? The answer is yes. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how much um, he may have to play Andre Dillard this year, because... We've seen injuries all across the line. Already you have Brandon Brooks hurt and hoping to make it by the season opener, but not sure. Jason Peters came out of 11 games last year. Uh, Jason Kelsey fought through myriad injuries last year. If he were to get hurt, you may have to move Isaac Sayamalu from left guard to center, and then you have a guard opening. I asked, 
And I was told from an organizational source that they have a belief. They don't know yet. They got to find out that Dillard might be athletic enough to play guard as well. That's something that they, they don't want. But that's what I was told that they think he could if needed. But they already they have guys at guard anyway with Matt Pryor. But if if he's good enough to do it and they find that he can play there for a year, maybe you see him there. But well, I, but you're right that he is the eventual cornerstone. He is left the tackle. left tackle. They draft him to be that future left tackle. That's the position he'll wind up playing now. The one knock on him from personnel people I trust they say he needs to get stronger physically. Mm-hmm. It's really the only issue you have with him that if you look at his body he he. At the combine, he was 6'5 and 315. Uh, not especially long arms for left tackle. Decent size. Um, the athleticism is incredible. By far the most athletic left tackle for this draft. Let me give you an I- idea. Second, ha- second highest three-cone drill of all, all linemen, guards, tackle centers. Uh, seven, he ran a 7'4-4 at, at three-cone. He had the best 20-yard shuttle of all offensive linemen. And right. by the way, this matches up with tape. I don't throw numbers out there unless they match it up with tape. Correct. Some people want to just throw out numbers. I don't do that. It doesn't help anybody learn. I want people to learn something. The, the tape match up, will match up with the numbers. So you're looking at probably, from an athletic standpoint, something you're not getting a 20. There's zero chance he, was, he would... It, it, like, you went into the draft thinking he would never get there. So I believe what the Eagles are saying. I was kind of... I, I, so I said, why was he... You know, I asked people I trust, why was he on the board? Well... The thought around the league was he he would go around like thirteen to seventeen. Yeah, I saw as high as eight or nine, like eight um, to fifteen is where. I don't know if he would have go I, depending on what the team needs. You know, re, the reality is players drop because something happens they don't expect or they go by their board. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles had him ranked somewhere between eight and ten, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. Why would you Why would you hesitate? Go get him before someone else does. Right now to dispel some rumors that I guess there was a report. Now remember, I'm coming back from I was in Florida last week. There was a report. That they tried to trade up with the Dolphins for Christian Wilkins. That's what I've I heard. That was out there. Yes, I was I told they did try to trade up as high with the Dolphins at thirteen. Was that where the Dolphins were? Thirteen, I, I believe. Yeah, but it was not. It was still for Dillard. Oh, it's for Dillard. It okay. was for, two times. Sense. Two other times. Oh. they also tried to get up to Carolina. I believe at sixteen. Okay, for again for Dillard because they were fearful of a not not just those teams, okay. but also Houston. Obviously, was linked to getting. A uh, offensive tackle, and they wound up taking Titus Howard right after uh, Dillard went off the board. It, it so. wouldn't. It, it didn't make sense to me when I saw that. I, I didn't check into it because I, I just didn't believe it on the surface. Mm-hmm. Why would you trade it for a defensive tackle when they're just yeah? Um, and by the way, his 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 grade should have been. It, it's just the left tackle is a higher valued position. When you but it's it's a it's either number two or number three on your value board for a position. Mm-hmm. Defensive tackle is not. I didn't. I didn't get it. So I. I didn't. Right. Unless a lot of people reported, then I would have found out. I would have gotten it. Sure. Um. Yeah. Miami is thirteen, and okay. Carolina was sixteen. So those are the. You traded for left reasons. tackle. I mean, here's your future left tackle. Go get him. I mean, it's just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the only thing with Dillard that I would agree with you and on, on maybe not a red flag, but a concern or something you you want to see improvement. You said in getting stronger. Core strength. I noticed yeah. that you know for a guy who's. Comes from a program that doesn't run a whole lot. You wonder how well he's going to be as a run blocker. And secondarily, even in pass protection, the Pac-12 did not produce a whole lot of blue chip pass rushing talent this year. So you wonder about the level of competition of all these DNs and and edge rushers who are coming out in the first round. You know your Brian Burnses and your Cleveland Ferrells and guys like that. I don't think Rashawn Gary. I don't think any of them came from the Pac-12. No USC. Utah or anything like that, but 
Utah, USC, Washington are good defensive schools. They're always producing good defensive players. Well, I have one scout tell me that there are a lot of good underclassmen rushers will probably come out next year in those schools. So it's not like Dillard was going up against a bunch of nobodies, but you just do question, you know, he he didn't have a whole lot of matchups against the Rashawn Garys of the world or the Cleveland Farrells. But he'll have a lot of time to work. Yeah, and he's got Jeff Statlin as a coach who who wanted him badly. Um, mm-hmm. Four nine six forty. By the way, not that he forty, not that breaking a five on a forty yard dash really matters for Lyman, but it shows the athleticism. He's a good athlete, right? He's a, his his ten yard split was terrific. He's just a big time athlete, a very smart kid, hard worker. Um, it's, it's yet another player is represented by Rep One. I think that's eight players now. The actually, <laughs> this actually it's either eight or nine now because. Our Sega White side is also represented by Rep One. That's incredible. I've never yeah, heard of that before. Really but, interesting. But they, the Eagles have a long history of representing players by the, not that it has any bearing on taking a player who represent them, but it's just amazing that uh, they and also they represent a coach. It's amazing to me that uh, you have so many players represented by the same agency. So let's, let's look at depth now, or, or just the overall picture, because right. you have Jason Peters, Isaac Samalu, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks. I'm going to put it right guard. We don't well, obviously a status in question. Um, Lane Johnson, right tackle. And then after that, you've got some interesting depth. You've got Dillard, right? You have Matt Pryor. You have Big V and Jordan Maialata. That, that's Those are some good names. I mean, you have some experience there, but you also have some youth, some draftable youth and kids like Pryor. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with Big V. and, and Yeah, uh, his... my, my, I don't know if they've made a decision yet, but do not be surprised to see him start playing a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing official here, but I know from talking to Eagles last year, they thought he could play guard. He might have actually. I, I'd have to look it up. I wonder may, if he'd be better at guard, to be honest with you. Yeah, and look, he, you know, he got his weight down when he was drafted. He was too, uh, he was too heavy. You know, they got his weight down to a good number. Um, my sense is they believe he could probably play it. Uh, we'll see if he does, but um, it's something we should probably mention because there's a possibility of it. I think to play tackle in the NFL, you have to be have really upper end, high end athleticism. To play guard, you got to be a little bit tougher and a little bit bigger. You know, tougher and stronger. He's big. He's big. He never struck me as a great athlete. The footwork has never been yeah. fantastic. I think he's played left tackle because that's where they put him at because he, well, he does six, have some of the size. Yeah, he's 6'6", yeah. six, six. Six, six, which is a little bit tall for guard. But we've seen Todd Harriman's play guard, and sure. he's about 6'6", six, six too. So. And he convinced he, – by the way, Jeff, Todd's willingness to play guard mm-hmm. extended his career because, you remember, he had a lot of injuries. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have see. more from information on the next pod on that. We'll follow up with it for sure. All right, round so two. Yep. Miles Sanders is uh, the first pick at 53rd, right? 53rd, 52nd, 53rd, I forget. And then Arcega Whiteside. I love this. J.J. Arcega Whiteside. That's a, <laughs> that is a fantastic yeah. name alone right there. Arcega Whiteside. Interesting picks, Adam. Um, I'll let you go first on what, what you how you feel about them. So... Look, I, I felt all along they were going to get a running back in the second or third. They were not going to take Josh Jacobs, who I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen there, but I kind of told our listeners it wasn't going to happen. Um, the only thing I don't like is he only had one year of production. I mean, his first two, I guess it's a plus that he did, he, you know, obviously he didn't get knocked around very much. He only had 64 total touches his first two seasons, uh, 56 carries uh, in those two seasons. Last season, he had 220, which is a generally good, strong number. Uh, you like the yards per carry. Not a great kickoff returner. I know some people have mentioned that. He only averaged about 20 yards per return, right. which is not great. Um, you want to be 24-25, but I don't want to worry about that. Very, very explosive player, okay? Very explosive player. He's a stop-and-start division running back. I'm looking at a scouting report I got actually from an NFL coach. Um, hits it, doesn't hesitate, knows, knows what he wants. 
a good with uh, initial a good contact balance. Um, would like to be more consistent with vision. Uh, we gave him a second round grade. That's where the Eagles took him. Mm-hmm. Um, tremendous upside. Good kid. Good character. Hard worker. Was it unfortunately in a rotation before this? So Jeff, as you know, you, you if you're if you think he's great. You can't say that because only in one year. The tape's very good, right? But you need to see more. You need to see more from him, and we'll get into kind of the rotation in a minute. But Jeff, from the people I trust, he was not the first. Josh Jacobs is a better football player all around because he yes. does everything. Yes. Where Sanders is more flashy, right? Josh Jacobs is not, right? This kid is explosive, but the question that the people I trust told me, they're not sure if he's a lead back. They think he's in the mix immediately. But whether Jeff he's an every down back, he could be. But you do, you're not basing it on enough for information. I think that's a, a fair and accurate statement. Um, it's similar to something I put out on Twitter that night, Adam. That Uh-oh, got me killed. What'd you say? Well, I, I <laughs> thought I was just putting out a very balanced, accurate tweet, and I I wrote that he's good. He fits the offense well because he's you know Penn State runs the zone, the inside zone, and that's what the Eagles do. He's a good inside zone runner. And he's very he ha, he's explosive. But the two things that stood out to me, and I guess I have to remind some people, I'm a Penn State alum, I'm a Penn State fan, I watch every game, is that A, he's only had really one year of being a starter, and B, I'm not, I don't think he consistently, for the explosion that he does have, I don't think he consistently makes people miss as much as your higher-end first-round, second-round running backs do. Now that, again, might just be because of, Lack of experience, you know, he's not a guy who's been the starter for two or three years like Saquon Barkley was. So all of the the backlash I got was one people saying that I was holding it against him that he was a one year starter. No, I'm not holding it against him at all. That's not a negative as far as his abilities. I understand Saquon Barkley was the starter there. I'm not knocking him for that. But what I'm saying is, as you just echoed, Adam, scouts, talent evaluators, people who watch tape, they like more than just 13 or 14 starts. They like to have a fuller body of work. And they really, when it, I, I found this out a um, couple of years ago, when it comes to running backs and wide receivers especially, because they're so dependent on the line or the quarterback, right? They really like to see more than just one year. They get worried about the one-year wonder types. I remember a couple of years ago, someone told me, Kevin White should not be a top 10 pick. He's going to be, but he's only had one year at West Virginia, and there's just not enough tape that says he can consistently be a great player. And sure enough, Kevin White has not been a very good wide receiver. He hasn't stayed healthy either uh, in the NFL. So that that's all my, my point was. It's not that he can't be good. It's just that you, you would be concerned about someone who, A, only has a year of starting under his ability, and B, like I said, I know that you that when he got drafted, the Daniel Jeremiah's, the ESPN NFL Networks, they were showing all these highlights of him making people miss. Yes, I'm aware he can do that. As you mentioned, he's explosive. But there were games, and I'll just pick a few. You know, Michigan, seven carries for 14 yards. Uh, Mer- uh, that was Rutgers. He was 27 for 88. That's about 3.3 yards per carry. Iowa, 17 for 62. Those are good defensive teams that he did not have amazing games against. Now, that might not have more to do with how the offense was going, how the quarterback... There's so many factors that go involved. I just, as an observer who watched him every game, I thought there were times where he maybe left some meat on the bone. He's one, Okay, so speaking of that, so he, he's a kind of guy that leads personnel people very intrigued. They want to see more from him. Mm-hmm. The great thing is he leaves you wanting to see more. That's actually a good thing. It is. So they're going to see it year one. So, so And a draft is a projection. Yeah, because he only started one year. So I think the way it'll work is, because I, I know that... Well, 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 we'll get to the questions. Maybe it's in our questions. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have a lot of running backs, and they didn't move Wendell Smallwood. 
Josh Adams, they can't move. He's coming off an injury. Right. Corey Clement is now on the final year of his deal. And you know, Jordan Howard's on the final year of his deal. So yeah. Miles Sanders could be the last man standing. And by the way, Josh Adams, he actually signed a two-year deal. So he actually is an exclusive rights free agent next year. Mm-hmm. So folks, you really couldn't trade anyone. Yeah. You kind of, well, you could, but you don't know about Donnell Pumphrey. Boston Scott is a non-factor. There could be, you know, look, next year, it's a situation where they may not have anybody other right. than this kid, right? Sanders. I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward. We had Corey Clement on with us when we were at Mayfair uh, a couple of weeks ago. Great show. You should check out Adam's Twitter account, at Kaplan NFL. Corey lost a lot of weight uh, to, to make himself more explosive. I'm not. I'm going to say this. Corey ain't going down without a fight. No, he's really good. And I'm, I, I'm yeah. really curious to see what happens if both Miles and Corey have great camps and what that means for the whole run. And we'll oh, get into Howard. it later. Sure, for Howard. What it means yeah. for everybody. Sure. Okay. So, uh, and then, so, yeah, I like the pick. It's an okay pick, but I have questions, and I think that's fair probably, to say. I, okay, I think, it's, I think it's better than okay. But I think what you're saying is we need to see more. We're not, it's not... He's not definitely going to be a great player at the next level because he's only, he's only done it for one year. Yeah, can I say there's, there's a, a boom-bust potential here? Like a, He could be a very good potential. He could be just a, just, just a guy. It would I, surprise me if he would be he only a had 24. He only caught 24 balls last year. It's not yeah. like he's this great pass catching well, that, running back Well, the other problem either. is in college football, depending on the program, the backs mm-hmm. don't catch a lot of football. Sure. 24 isn't bad for the first year. Corey showed, that, showed us that, right? Right, they, you know. right, right. Yeah, he, yeah <laughs> you should definitely see that interview. So. That's it for their their first two picks, and then we've got what Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, fifty seven JJ Arcega Whiteside, the Stanford wide receiver. I think a lot of people were 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 surprised that they would take a wide receiver there. You and I talked about maybe them probably targeting a speed wide receiver, but instead they went the other way with more of an Alshon like wide receiver. Yeah, there are some sim- similarities. So this is from a this is from a position coach. Terrific at tracking the ball, just in the ball very well. Unlike most of the kids uh, in this group. He adjusted after the ball after the ball was snapped to the to the to the catch point. Mm-hmm. Great with running after the catch. Um, the question at this level is, can he get the same separation? Because he got he got very good separation, and he actually dominated games where the DBs could not handle him because he's so dominant. But he's a little bit different. very good coming out of his breaks. By the way, really very nice good. He gets open. Yeah, he he's very smart mm-hmm. intellectually. He was a uh, um, did very well in the classroom. What what this position coach wondered if because he's not very fast he did run a four four nine at his pro day but he doesn't really play to that he plays to the mid the mid four fives this coach wondered at this it, on tape he does not look very fast and he wonders with press coverage mm-hmm. a can he get off no he got off and he 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 got off coverage very well in college but coverage are different here but then can he get separation because as you said Jeff it's 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 a projection right college tape is so much different because of spacing. Than pro tape, it's almost completely different. It's not just the hash mark; it's based on coverages right. and ath- ath- athleticism, how they, how they play you. So I think what he's going to do, guys, I think he's going to help the Eagles in the red zone. Clearly, because I great red put, zone. Receiver. As soon as he was drafted, yeah, I threw something on Twitter. I said, "Well, there, there, you know where he's going to be used in the red zone, right?" And you take Deshaun off the field, and there's your he's he'll be their fourth receiver probably mm-hmm. uh, versus Matt Collins. I think Collins is a tremendous special teams player. He didn't play last season. So, so I see him being a fourth receiver this season. Yeah, again, a situation where now you have really good depth. I mean, better depth than certainly when they the offseason started. Yeah, they they, they absolutely sure. needed a guy. Sure. What I like about him is, Adam, he, re- he represents what you've seen in the NFL out of the wide receiver position now. You see a lot of guys who aren't 4-2, four, 4-3 four, runners, right? They're big, they're tall, and if they can't create separation on speed alone – what they can do is create separation through contested catches, back shoulder throws. Now, that's something you have to get Carson Wentz to work on with the 
the back shoulder throws and then the jump balls, which he doesn't seem to throw as much as some other guys. But now that he's got Alshon and him, he may be working on that a little bit more. So I think, it, again, you would have thought maybe the Eagles would have went safety there. But it's my understanding that they just felt the value on this guy, J.J., well, was too high by the way, compared to what they so had So you and I talked about Gardner Johnson mm-hmm. uh, from Florida. Fell well, to the cle- third round. Clearly, clearly did not have a second round grade on him. Right. Because that would, as you just said, that would have been the spot to take him. Right. Um, there were some character red flags. Okay. Not illegal, but more like his attitude, uh, How you know whether or not he was really good for Whatever the reason room. is, yeah. they didn't think he was a second round player. Right. They did on... And Arcega Whiteside, and their their I know this, their scouting group was very very high on him. Their college scouting group, and this was a player they had a very good feel for because they've been scouting him. He's a fourth year junior. They just had a feel for him. They've been tracking him for a while, and he'll be on the team. I don't I, I don't know about special teams. I have no idea if he plays special teams, but I know that I know this. They are real deep on offense. The Eagles are. Yeah, they, they're they're building. You'd said skill position. Yeah, you know what was your overview of the draft? Well, it's very clear to me. That this is a draft. It wasn't. I know it's where their board fell. Their their board fell. Mm-hmm. But man, they're really helping Carson Wentz with passing options. No doubt about it. All right, let's go to an actual defensive player that they selected in round four. Sharif Miller, Penn State. By the way, Penn State is now the new West Virginia. How about that? Huh? Right. I mean, yeah. it used to be a, you know, whether it was Shelton Gibson or Wendell Small. We were talking about West Virginia kids. Now it's Penn State kids. I like that. Uh, I loved watching Sharif Miller play at Penn State. Uh, his quickness off the edges to me is what makes him such an ideal fit in Jim's scheme. He's got to work on some things, tackling, run, pursuit, but as far as an edge rusher, a situational one, which you would think he would start off with, it's a good it's a good fit. Yeah, he was a redshirt junior, uh, 6'4 and a half, 254 at the combine, 10 and a eighth hand, so he's got good hands. Mm-hmm. His 40 time is ridiculous. Now, again, it doesn't really matter because you, you, that D lineman better not be running straight for 40 yards, but at 469, yeah. folks, that's a tight end number. Yeah. Um, the, the, here's from a scouting report from a coach, uh, n- needs to get stronger physically, has gr- good length, uh, junior tape is good. Uh, oh, his, his 2017 tape was intriguing. He took it to another level this season. He just started to scratch the ability of what he, what's inside of him this past season. Very big upside, 15 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, 41 total tackles, um, good effort. Good first step. Mm-hmm. Just started to develop some pass rush moves this last season. Look, um, and the, my friend said he. This coach told me he was like, I would have loved to have coached him. I really look forward to seeing how he develops because we had a fourth like the Eagles did on him. Hmm. Actually, a high four on him. Yeah, I actually thought he was going to go a little later in the draft. Yeah. So, but I, sometimes when a guy fits your scheme really well and you feel like why he can not proje- as an upfield, you, you can upfield. project. Yes, right. this is a this is a fit. This is a scheme fit. This is a okay now. Now Philip Daniels has a job here. This is a you know, Philip Daniels has a big job on his hands here. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to start developing some younger defensive linemen. You know, Joshua got hurt last season, right? Uh, he's on the outside looking in. Sharif Miller will be on the team almost certainly, right? He would have to have a very, he would have to have a uh, what was the kid that the Eagles drafted two years ago? Running back uh, who they cut and who's back on the roster? Tyrell uh, Pumphrey. Yeah, he would have to have a Pumphrey like training camp not to be on the roster. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. He's got some good people to learn. You know, it's, he's almost like a Vinny. Vinny grew up in New Jersey, rooted for the Eagles. This kid grew up in Philly, rooted for the Eagles. George Washington High School. He's, yeah, well, Northeast Philly, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. It's yeah. a good story. And look, I mean, if you if you think about it, there were about probably between twenty and twenty five edge rushers that went, whether they're a D end or a DT. I should say rushers, D end, DT, or OLB. 
in the first three rounds. So because this was such a great defensive line class, maybe in another year this guy would have been a second or third rounder. So that's kind of, again, you talk about the value of being able to get some guy because of this draft being loaded with defensive talent. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a guy that'll help him more his second year than his first year. Mm-hmm. But it's really good they got an upside developmental defensive end. That was one of my my eight needs for this team, and they got one of them. So good for them. And again, it was kind of weird how they only had five picks. It's not what I thought going in. Definitely not. Yeah, de- <laughs> I, that's not what I think when I think of Howie Roseman. But that didn't happen. Uh, but then the, the fifth the fifth round pick, Jeff. You're excited about this? Yeah, I've known about him for a couple years. Clayton Thorson is, is a quarterback from Northwestern. I didn't know that they were going to draft him, but here's what I could tell you. I thought for sure if they had eight picks in this draft or more, they were taking quarterback no matter what. I thought very strongly about it. I believe you it. said that in our last pod. I didn't think it would be with five picks, though. Right. That's where I got it wrong, um, but I didn't know. Uh, here's what I could tell you. Had he not suffered a torn ACL, and, and it's awful uh, how he suffered it, um, he was on a trick play. He, he caught a 24-yard pass on a trick play during the Music City Bowl two years ago. It was to end their season – it was in uh, December of uh, December 29th, 2017, and he suffered a torn ACL. By the way, he's also older. He turns 24 in December. Um, I'm told that he probably, had he not torn his ACL based on his trajectory, would have no question would have not gotten out of the third round. Uh, he was not himself last season. He did all that he could, but he clearly is not the player he was before the injury. But how we talked about it, Jeff, you need time. It's a two-year process with an ACL, not one. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he was rehabbing all, all – he had no offseason. He was rehabbing last year. Yeah, he's not a lot of guy I ask scouts about going yeah. into the draft because who would have thought the Eagles were going to draft Clayton Thorson in the fifth round? But as a Penn State fan who's watched every Penn State Northwestern game, I've always admired this kid. He's tough. Right? I love that program. Pat Fitzgerald does an excellent job at Northwestern. He's very athletic, very mobile. Yeah, I mean, he's – Seven rushes per game. Yeah, he fits exactly what the Eagles look for. Good arm. Good. His accuracy, I think people would like to be better. It's, it was around 59%. But again, this is this goes back to judging skill position players. Wentz was not a high certain, percentage Wentz, guy. And also, yeah. he's not throwing to NFL receivers and tight ends, and he's not having NFL offensive linemen blocking for him. So you put him on in a professional environment, and you take the skill set that he does have, and you hone it with professional players around him, and you really you might hit on something. I always felt watching him that he could play at this, the next level. I just didn't know... What he would be. Right. So, so the issue now is for people. Okay, so what, when, he talks of, when we talk about his role, here's the way I see it. The Eagles typically only dress two quarterbacks. He'll be the third quarterback. He'll be on the team unless he's a terrible training camp. Um, so he figures to be the third quarterback who won't dress, figures to make the team he won't dress probably at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be, this is, you know what this is here? This is a learning, develop him like they develop uh, Sudfeld. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what his season will be now. Remember, Sudfeld is unrestricted after this year. It's highly unlikely he'd come back. Only because I th- the belief around the league is that Sudfeld will be able to compete for a starting job elsewhere down the road. Right. Uh, they, I'm told they've offered him at least one extension, which he's turned down. Why, if you're him, why would you sign I would an extension? Not, I, I totally agree with him. I, he, I get the Eagles yeah. stand, but why you'd offer it? But if I'm sure. him, why would you accept it? I, I, he yeah. is a, he's not hoping, but he's assuming there may be some opportunities to get in there and play if Carson first has started. an injury. Right. All he has to do is look good for two or three games, and he can parlay that into some kind of contract. And right. then if that happens, right, then the pick of Thorson or the development of Thorson becomes that much more understandable and instrumental. Right. So, so this, to me, is a good year for him to develop. So, again, only five picks. I think all of them make sense. Like, there have been some drafts with the Eagles over the years. I'm like, why did they do that? 
They don't match up for what personnel people told me. Sure. Don't have any criticisms of anything they did from personnel people I trust. Coaches like them. Uh, so based it's, on it's tape really study. the first draft, maybe yeah. the first or second draft where I felt they really just went with their board. Their board, and didn't, yeah. Not even in any single round do you feel like, oh, well, they got that because they need that. I mean, the running back is not just a me. They didn't need a running back for 2019, but they needed a the future, really good player. Yeah. They've been, well, they've been better, doing it for such a long time. Right. Sanders, no offense to our friend Corey Clement. I mean, Sanders is, when we talk about special ability, he has it. Yeah. And they haven't had anything like this for 10 years. I mean, since since McCoy was drafted, and obviously since they traded him to Buffalo, they haven't had this, and they now have one. Who's Type good? of athlete at that position. It's, I mean, this kid's really, really talented. Yeah, I mean, he's this, a great this athlete. Is, it's funny. The two first picks are athletes. The third, the third pick, Arcega Whiteside, is a very good athlete in terms of what he does. Now he's not a fast guy, right? But boy, he attacks the football, and he's ultra, ultra competitive all the time. Mm-hmm. I forgot to add that. I'm looking at this uh, report I got from a coach. Miller's got tremendous upside, and Thorson, again, had he not gotten hurt, mm-hmm. you might be looking at a guy could have actually, if he had a monster senior year, not coming off an ACL, might have been a second round pick. And so, again, very again. athletic for the position, right. just like Sharif Miller, very explosive off the edges. So I mean, clearly they prioritize good, smart kids who have great athleticism, and if they're not the greatest athlete in the world like Arcega, then they bring something else, competitive thirst and great bloodlines and just you know anxious to play football every day. All right, so after actually seventh round, they trade for Rashawn Ridgeway, mm-hmm. and they also re-signed Timmy Jernigan. Yep. So defensive tackle, folks, is no for this season, not a need at all. Right. Because don't forget about Trayvon Hester, who they really like, who flashed a little bit. So they're good there. You had brought up a point before we get out of here, and I thought it was interesting. You know, in nickel, they like to slide Vinnie Curry or Graham. And now we don't know. Chris Long sounds like he's not coming back. He, it, it, it sounds that way, I, right? If I were him, I would worry about any of those. He would be the. He, he would still be the third DN. I think on he this would group. be the third DN. I don't know why. We'll, we'll, we'll know by probably the next podcast the following week whether he's going to be back or not for sure. Mm hmm. But now that Jernigan's back, and I told our listeners exclusively, only I never put it out on Twitter. I just so you know, I put very little Eagles information on Twitter. I said for a podcast, so make sure you listen every week. The scoops are coming here, folks. I'm not giving it out for free. You got to actually invest in our podcast. But right now, if you really look at it, Jernigan's back. Mm-hmm. We told our listeners that he would be that they left the door open. I, I didn't give it a high percentage. So defensive end to me, if if Long is not back, my only concern is Curry's not a great pass rusher. Long is a better pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Tayshawn Hall, Howie Roseman mentioned in the press conference, you still don't know about him. And Miller's a rookie, and Joe Osman they like, but I mean, he's like a fifth end. Right. So you don't have a lot of great pass rushers well, in sub-packages. We'll get into this the next podcast yeah. when we start talking about positional battles, but I'll just leave you with this. Just because Jim Schwartz in the past has had his quote-unquote pass rushing line doesn't mean he can't now have two different types of pass rushing lines based on the matchups. And maybe the, instead of having Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox on it, eh, you get Vinnie Curry or you you have a couple of different pass rushing packages and wait to see which one emerges as your best one or you just use more than one. It would be nice if Miller or Sweat could actually show, give him that would be nice. 15 snaps a game and a couple you know, good rushes. So right. uh, overall, I'd say it was an interesting draft. Again, I, didn't, I thought they'd have more draft picks. But I thought it was a good draft for them. I thought it. I, I didn't feel like when Howie Rosen would miss many years ago it would be mm-hmm. because they they drafted more for immediate need rather than needs down the road. And and when you're a good football team, you draft like this, and they did a good job. All right, so we got about a minute and a half. So let's try to fly through one yes. or two questions from our uh, for the Ask the Insiders. 
from Guillermo Paglia. I hope I didn't butcher that name. At <laughs> Gijoin on Twitter. Uh, how would you rank the top four positional concerns in the roster after the draft? Do you have positional concerns? Well, no, number one would be linebacker. Still, linebacker would be the biggest one. But right. they, they, they mix it. They missed Eagles mix and match very, very well. Correct, especially using they, they need a veteran. They need another player. And I would still say safety. You know, I think if they were to get hit with injuries, there it would not be a great. Well, Sendejo, you've got Sendejo. Yeah, but he's got, not as versatile as some of the other not safeties an athlete, they've had right. in the past. And yeah. Maddox, to me, has had versatility. Right. Maybe they sign a safety. We'll see. Right. And and I would say if quarterback, because if Carson Wentz gets hurt, there's no Nick Foles. Well, Sudfeld has never he's never started a game. Right. That's all. Yeah. That that would be a concern. I would say. Uh, and I'm not, a veteran I'm not guard. Them. Right. They've, a veteran, they've done my only thing with they don't have a veteran guard on the roster. It's a good point. Yeah, they don't have a veteran backup guard. That's fair. Uh, I know Isaac could play. Isaac Sayamala could play center. Right. But unless they move Big V to guard, and we'll, we'll have more word, we'll see. We don't know yet what they're doing there. Right. It, if they don't move him to the guard, then where's your veteran backup guard who started a game? They don't have that. Good, good point. It was a big big role for uh, Steph Wisniewski two years ago. All right, last question. At Mitchell 1992 Dimitri Borandis. Do you think the Eagles will still pursue two tight end sets more this year? Yes. Now that they drafted, even that with drafting another receiver? Yes. I agree. I'm telling you, I will be... <laughs> I said last November, I used the term as an off-season project. Doug Peterson has admitted it. He actually talked about it at the owners' meetings. It's coming. I just don't know, are they going to be more two tight ends or more 13 personnel? I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. No idea. But, but I'll answer the question absolutely positive. They'll be yeah. way more than last year. Yeah, and I think the whole Nelson Aguilar thing, he's on the team for now. It's still a little bit up in the air, but even if they bring him in uh, to the season. Well, they don't have a slot receiver. There's, not, there's really no one out there who could – He's a good slot receiver. He is a very I, – I agree with you. He's a good slot receiver. See, they want to get to the Super Bowl. Why would you move on from the guy? Plus, he could also play outside. And you can afford it for one year. Yeah, exactly. I agree. All right, that'll do it for Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles intel for Adam Kaplan. I'm Jeff Mosher. Thanks for riding with us Inside the Birds.